Pack them fast. Welcome to another edition of Niners Nation podcast. This is a free agency edition, and I am joined by Jazz King. For those of you who are not familiar, I'm going to give Jazz the floor. Jazz, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Kyle? What's up to everyone at Niners Nation? I've written a few posts for y'all. Uh, like I said, been a been a person who reads the site day in and day out for the last six, seven years. Uh, worked in sports media for a long time, so. Uh, once I got the assignment that I was working on Niners Nation, I was excited, and this won't be the last time you hear me on the podcast. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm jacked up to get going here. Love it, man. So uh, slow news day, Jazz and 49ers <laughs> win, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I wasn't expecting it. I, I was super shocked. Um, not when I saw the Armstead news. Obviously, I think when we saw the Depot news, that I was just like, what? Um, but the more you look at it, and the, and the fact the team had so much success uh, this past season, I think you're looking at it now that tough decisions were going to have to be made eventually. You know what I mean? You're going to have uh, Kittle coming up for a big extension. Eventually, you're going to have Nick Bosa coming up for an extension. And and I think, um, you know, with, with Jimmy G's contract loaded the way it is, I think it gives them some flexibility to make sure they're keeping some of their star guys. Um, so a, a tough decision for them overall today. What, what, what did you think about it? Yeah, that's a good point. Just starting with they are going to have – they can't pay everybody. So when you draft well and when your players perform well, they are going to want extensions. Like there's, this is the business side of things that we never really talk about. But Armstead was like incredible this past year. Buckner has been incredible all of his career. And we'll get to Buckner and, you know, Armstead and why they did what they did. But starting with Armstead, I feel like there was just nobody that will – replace him and I've seen a lot of fans I was I'm a little surprised by the pushback from fans as far as you know just Armstead because he's either like a quote-unquote one-year wonder which I don't think he was and the fact that you know you can't you know you have to pay Buckner just because Buckner was quote-unquote a better player which if you're looking at things in a box yeah Buckner is a better player but you have to talk about the positional value and I just think that it makes sense. And when you look at Armstead's contract, so over the cap released that. And so Armstead signed a five-year, $85 million deal. And it's never as simple as, you know, $17 million a season, especially with the 49ers. So the way that Armstead's cap – or sorry, contract is broken down, 2020 his cap number is $6 million. 2021 his cap number is – million. So just getting him the first two years on those numbers, that is like amazing. That's like Parra just dancing on the contract gods once again, because it always seems like the the team comes up with a team friendly deal and this is no different. So the reason that that's a good thing, because the next three years, the Armstead's contract jumps to 20, 20 million and over. So the TV deals, like the the TV deals are going to come up in 2021, I believe. So the salary cap is going to rise a lot. So the fact that the 49ers can get Armstead essentially under 19 million for two years total, like that is a big win. And then once they have to really start paying him, the salary cap will be increased by some think it's going to jump up to. So right now it's 198 million. Some believe that it'll go as high as 200 and, you know, 20, 40 million over the next couple of years. So, yeah, the deal looks really good. And I just think Armstead's a really good player that's tough to replace. You are going to be able to count on him playing, which you cannot say that all for the rest of the 49ers defensive line. And just knowing his positional value, man, he's inside, outside. And he, You can do a lot of things on your defense with him. So, yeah, I, I like it. I And then just looking at the contract itself, 
really like it. So uh, if we had to put a grade on it, I'd say B plus for sure. What, what about you? I was going to say, I, I was going to say a B because uh, I'm with people too. I mean, I, I just didn't expect the fact that coming into two, to, you know, the start of free agent or the tampering period, really that, you know, they were going to make this bold of a move. And, um, you know, we saw the tweet online. Somebody said there's a big trade involving a defenseman lineman coming up, defensive lineman coming up. And I mean, I didn't even think, damn, it's going to be <laughs> DeForest Buckner, but I was happy with uh, Armstead. And I, I get the, I get some of the angst among fans for the fact that Armstead obviously reached a whole new level this year. I mean, he hadn't been totally healthy throughout his beginning few seasons with, with the Niners, but when, when you look at him this year, and I think obviously adding D Ford and, and adding uh, Nick Bosa through the draft, that kind of gave him the flexibility to, to maybe, you know, give him a, a little bit more room to grow and a little bit more to be an impact player. So he took full advantage of that. Uh, it is It does remain to be seen how much the defensive line takes a hit by, by trading Buckner. But, you know, one thing that, that we've looked at with the Niners and, you know, they spent all those first round picks on, on, on getting defensive linemen, they were... And I don't want to, and this is not to demean Buckner at all, but they were demeaning, they were, they were, they were pardon me, dealing from a position of strength where it was like, okay, we can maybe afford to lose one of these guys because we have so much talent there. So I think that's what John Lynch was looking at it like when he, when he made the decision. Absolutely. And that that's part of the decision. And oh, I don't envy the 49ers front office to have to pick between Armstead or Buckner. And also, I don't think it just comes down to Armstead or Buckner. We are going to find out, you know, with the free agency coming when free agency is done and then when the draft is finished as well, who Buckner's replacement will be. So let's talk about the Buckner trade here. So Buckner and so what what I found out is, and I was on Niners Nation about an hour before the the trade broke. I I, I found out what it was. So I found out the 49ers are going to trade Buckner. I didn't know who the team was, but I knew that they were going to trade with a team inside the top 15. So I was like, wow, 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 wow. And then found out that it was Colts. Found out that it was in exchange for the first round pick. So if we just talk about the business part of this, so ignore everything. Anything else, your personal feelings on Buckner. If you can draft a player in the first round, get four really, really good years out of him, and then flip him for another first round pick without having to pay him, you know, 15, 20, whatever million dollars it was. And Buckner ended up getting just a, a giant deal from the Colts. He, I believe it was 21 million a season. For the, yeah. From the 49ers standpoint, like that is as good of a like as good of long-term business as it gets. Like that is exactly how this business works. If you want to sustain success, you 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 want to flip guys. And as you mentioned, Armstead took the next step this year, like a giant step that you have to give credit to. Obviously that is due to, you know, him being surrounded by really good players as well. So with that in mind, there's no reason to think that Armstead is going to just all of a sudden take a step back with how he's playing. So yeah, just from that business point of view i would like you you i feel like you do this deal every time because arm said team friendly deal you get a like a very really really valuable pick at number 13 especially when you factor in the 49ers had no draft capital or really financial flexibility to to move make any sort of maneuvers over the next couple months so in that situation so you have multiple first rounders. Now you can, you know, make moves on draft day. You can move up and down the draft. You can create cap space. You can make all sorts of other moves. Like it was a no brainer to me when you take a step back and, and look at, you know, everything involved, big picture and not just 
you know, one of the one of the, um, not Lynch's because Lynch didn't draft Buckner, but we're talking about one of the best players. Like on Niners Nation, we did we had all our staff last year vote for coming into the season the best player on the team, and Buckner was number one. Like nobody's denying that Buckner is a phenomenal player. Um, and this this is my first year covering the 49ers, and like this guy was easily one of the favorite my favorite players to watch, favorite players to root for. Just he would always answer questions. So I can answer a one word, a one line question. And Buckner would give me like a 45 second answer. Like he's up there with Richard Sherman, just as far as going into depth with answers. So yeah, man, I'm going to miss him in that regard. And obviously as a player, we're talking about one of the best interior defensive linemen, but one of the issues is, you know, I've seen a lot that the the 49ers chose Armstead over Buckner and it wasn't that at all. So as we saw, this has been in the works for a while. So Buckner wanted Aaron Donald money. The 49ers were not going to give him Aaron Donald money because of the other investments that they have. As you mentioned, they have Kittle coming up, uh, Jimmy G down the line if, if they do have to go that direction. But then they have Armstead and they, they paid Armstead and you want to have flexibility for the rest of your team for obvious reasons. So they, they really weren't left with much of a choice. Once, you know, Buckner was not going to move off the stance that he wanted to be paid like a top defensive lineman. And there is no like if you're Buckner, why wouldn't you want that? So there's there's nothing wrong with that at all. So um, just from the from the business side, I get it from the personal side as well. Like I understand, you know, why you have to deal with Buckner. But again, I, I think it's just a great deal for the 49ers when you look at, you know, what they can do as far as in the first round and you know, making more moves because now they have after the deal and after signing Armstead today, they still have 16, just a little over 16 million in salary cap space. So, yeah, just big move overall. I give this deal an A minus because I understand the value of a first round pick. And I, I know that they can flip one or sorry, 13, 31, two more picks moving back in the second, third. And Schefter, Adam Schefter said when the deal happened that the 49ers are more than likely going to shop one of the first round picks. So I give this a minus love Buckner think he's a great player. I just have a hard time paying a honestly anybody that much money. That's not a quarterback, especially when I have the type of talent on defense as well. So it'll be tough to replace him. He's not going to be easy to replace at all. And he, he might be one of the more difficult players on the, on the defense or even the roster to replace, but there are so many other parts involved on the defense that, you know, you can probably get by with it. So I go A minus. What do you think? I, I, I give this one a, a B, too. And, 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 and like you're saying, Kyle, like, I mean, I, I find that with uh, with this team and, you, you know, you mentioned the people who are saying they chose Armstead over Buckner. No, I, I think if they if the salaries were equal, they would take Buckner 10 times out of 10. I don't think there's a doubt about that. It was just looking at it like you mentioned from a business side and a business standpoint. This just made more sense. And, and I agree. I, I think I think, you know, Buckner was was the most uh, valuable defensive lineman, even even more so than, than Nick Bosa because of everything he does there and attracting the double teams and, and, and his ability to, to to, you know, get after the, the running back and, and, and get after the quarterback at a, at a decent rate, despite the fact that he was always having extra attention paid to him. And, um, you know, to me, I, I think that it makes sense that the fact that the 49ers had to do this. And and like you mentioned, I mean, they're going to have the I would like to see them use the number 13 pick because obviously you're going to get, you know, a pr pretty damn good player at that point and use that number 31 to maybe, you know, get a second and fourth rounder or an extra, or an extra fifth rounder because they have that gap there where they're 
they're not picking for the for the second, third, and fourth. So uh, I think they gave themselves some some options. And like you mentioned, in the NFL, when when you're a good team, we see Bill Belichick do this all the time with the with the Patriots. That hey, you know what? Sometimes you have to you have to move uh, a very good player, if not a superstar player, like like the Forrest Buckner, in order for you to kind of maintain your 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 success. And I, and I think when they looked at it, that that was a move they had to make. Let me ask you this: Is Buckner's replacement on the roster already? That's a good question. I was I was I was looking at that earlier too. I mean, it depends on who you're going to go with. I'm I'm of the belief that I think we've seen enough of Solomon Thomas to know what we're getting out of him. Um, you know, I don't anticipate him being a, being a long-term solution for anything just because of uh, and and you know, gave him the benefit of the doubt because the personal issues that he went through with you know with his sister's uh, situation and and uh, you know, there's no denying. That. I mean, that would take a, a toll on anyone, but. Um, you know, I just think in terms of that, I don't, I don't know, but they have options, you know, on the, on the defensive line that, that they can look at and, and, and try and give one of these young guys more of a shot. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Where, where, where do you sit on all that? I just, so as you mentioned, and, and I've seen this thrown out, you know, today on just the 49ers Twitter where we're seeing, you know, Hey, why not just put Solomon Thomas on the edge and kick Armstead inside, which Armstead's probably going to play a lot inside moving moving forward, and that was going to be the case either way. But I just don't see how you can trust a Kevin Givens, Solomon Thomas, Contavious Street, uh, Julian Taylor in a full-time role because we've seen if if Solomon Thomas wasn't going to, you know, show out or have not – he didn't have to have an Armstead-type year, but even if he had like a Ronald Blair, Demontre Moore, like a lower-level year that was successful, it would have been easy to have some faith in him. But, man, there were just maybe one or two splash plays every other game, and, and after that, uh, there wasn't much at all. So I, I don't think so, man. I really don't. I, um, I know that they met with a guy from TCU, uh, Ross Blacklock, I believe it was, and mm-hmm. he's – He's thought to be in the later first round, so maybe with that that second first round pick, or if they if the 49ers do end up trading back, that's a guy to keep an eye on. But I, I don't, man. I, I it'd be nice if they if they were to make some sort of splash. Jerron Hargrave was a good one, but he just signed with the Eagles. Um, Jerron Reed is a sneaky one to steal him away from the Seahawks. But I mean, if you make if you make a splash like that in free agency, these guys are going to cost quite a bit of money. So uh, Perai would have to work his magic and get under the salary cap or just sign him to a team friendly deal as well. But um, my answer is no, just because uh, what's on the roster right now, those guys are part-time players. And uh, I think it's less is more with these players. And that's, that's just not what the 49ers need right now. So um, what I would say is moving forward, as we talked about 13 and 31, the 49ers do have plenty of flexibility. Matt Mayoko said today that, this is not going to be the last trade that we see from the 49ers before the draft, which was pretty interesting. I wonder what he's hinting at. And Stefan Diggs, for those of you that don't know, loves cryptic tweets. Like he does this every day. Like I didn't even entertain it, but he, he made it seem like he's going to get moved. And, you know, everyone on the 49ers, like who, like who wouldn't want Stefan Diggs? Let's be honest, because he, in Kyle Shanahan's offense too, he's going to make a big difference. But could you see the 49ers making any other move? And I guess for any sort of position, would it, would it be receiver? Uh, you know what? I, I think it depends on that. I know what, uh, what my uncle said, but I mean, I, to me, I'm looking at it and saying, okay, if you look at it, this is a, a very rich and deep draft for wide receivers. You know what I mean? I mean, all the pundits are basically saying this is a stacked wide receiver class. So if you're able to get one of those guys at, you know, at 13, 31, and again, if you stay at 13, I mean, Jerry Judy might be a bit too much, but you got CD lamb, 
Henry Ruggs. You got all these guys available that 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 you could potentially have. So if you can solve that through the draft and get a playmaker, which I do think they need one. I mean, obviously with Debo being as good as he was this season, you're hoping he takes another step, you know, in in his next year. And then you got uh, you know Emmanuel Sanders that situation looking like he's probably not going to come back, but you're going to have a hole there. And and you know with Trent Taylor, Jalen Hurd, these guys coming back, I think they're 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 not going to really address that situation. So. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. And, and I think that if they do make another trade, I wouldn't be surprised if it's someone that we're like, damn, they, they traded him. You know what I mean? Like something we didn't expect. So I, I think that if they, if they keep the 13 pick and, and their, their sights are set on getting a receiver there, then, I mean, I, I don't know how big of a move they're really going to make because you don't want to tinker too much with the roster. Uh, but if, if they decide to maybe go after someone and trade for a Stefan Diggs, uh, that opens up a whole, a whole new can of worms in terms of what you can do with the 13, uh, the 13 pick. Absolutely. And I think if you trade 13, like if you want to really have some fun, you can trade 13 and honestly get anybody like, I mean, quote unquote, anybody you want just because of the value that that has. But looking at Diggs contract, he is under contract for four more years and that his cap number is at its highest. It is 15 million. So it you can I mean, I'm sure you can, you know, obviously restructure if you want to, but. The 49ers could make it work if they wanted to, but yeah, Diggs is a really good player. What I've heard, and I've been teasing this a little bit on NinersNation.com, that, and I, I put on Twitter as well. So the there is one receiver in the free agent market that the 49ers are working with right now, from what I've heard, and they are not the front runners because the Colts are going to make a serious run at him, and he they are currently the leaders. But Amari Cooper is definitely on the 49ers' radar right now. It is between the Colts. And the 49ers, and there's one other team that I forgot. There was a, it's it's three teams. It's the Colts and the 49ers. And I, I'm blanking off the top of my head, but man, if if they found a way to you know structure a deal to bring Amari freaking Cooper on the roster, so I don't know if you know how familiar you are with Amari. First of all, 25 years old, will turn 26 in June. Is just an outstanding route runner, and, and just I mean he does everything well. There is. If there was a receiver that you wanted to be in Kyle Shanahan's offense, you're going to take Amari Cooper probably over Stefan Diggs. And Amari is going to be, you know, he's going to be on the team for the next four or five years as well. So that would that would probably be better than Emmanuel Sanders, who, man, he he did a great job of dunking on me last week. And I just shared some information where like just like I, I did today, just like I did with Cooper just now. It's just conversation, man. I'm not trying to break news. I'm not trying to be Adam Schefter. This is all it is, is just what I hear. And there are going to be times, I'm sure, when I'm way off. But that time, he was not very happy about it. But for those of you wondering, DeForest Buckner did the same thing where, not to me, where he just shot down that he rejected a contract. And sure enough, he got traded today. So we'll see if Sanders is back. I imagine it's going to be a soft market for both him and Jimmy Ward. And if it's not, it doesn't turn out like they want it to, um, the 49ers will be able to welcome them back on a more, uh, like they did before, a team-friendly deal. Uh, I think we have so much more to go, but it was a, it was a fun first day, that's for sure. Uh, Buckner traded. 49ers now have two first-round picks. Armstead is on the roster for another five years. Um, other moves, so... The 49ers were also interested in Philip Dorsett, who is essentially, you know, and I'm not going to say a better version of Marquise Goodwin, but he's, you know, we'll call, we'll just call it a homeless man's version of Marquise Goodwin. <laughs> that's a good, 
That's a good one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Marquise Goodwin is another name that when we're talking about trades, it doesn't have to be a big trade that the 49ers could make. The 49ers could just ship Marquise Goodwin off for like a fifth or a sixth-round pick or the same with Solomon Thomas. So don't be surprised if that happens. And I, I do think Goodwin does end up getting traded. I know that they're trying to do so. And he has, you imagine he has to have suitors. Just It's not going to be for, you know, like a, a – too much too valuable of a pick so i there i feel like we covered it all man other than that uh the 49ers made a run at austin hooper which was pretty surprising were you surprised by that news yeah i, I was i think that i actually like what what dwelly bought at, at certain points last season i think i'm hoping that he can he can he can improve as well uh going into next season but uh and i like the fact that i know you know we was reading about that Niners delaney walker i mean he's available and if you if you're really looking for someone because that's Let's be honest, Kittle's playing almost 100% of every game anyways, you know, depending on his health. So uh, whoever you have kind of with him, you want to probably have, a, although Kittle's a great blocker, you want to have someone who's a great blocker who can also make a, make a timely reception when, when they're called upon. So I think the 49ers have options. I was surprised at the Hooper thing, especially looking that he signed at, at basically $11 million average per if he, if he gets all the, all the money on the contract. So, uh, again, that was surprising to me. But, hey, I, I love the fact that John Lynch, you know, last year, even if and, and people are, are split on him on the on the website, I know as well, uh, Odell Beckham, they, you know, they were in it and they, they almost seem like they're in the conversation for everyone as ridiculous as it might sound at certain points, like we know with Tom Brady. But at least, you know, that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are doing everything they can to improve this team. I there is that is well said and that's perfectly said really because there is I would not want to root for a team or just cover a team that you just see all these other teams make especially if you're a contender because the 49ers are at a point where they are a contender and they are making moves like they are a contender but last year they were like coming off a four win season super aggressive in the free agency um, and we're seeing that again this year where you know Hooper who as you mentioned 44 million dollar contract like you're wondering how in the world Will the 49ers be able to fit him under the uh, under their cap? But, you know, probably they're, they're going to make it work. They're going to figure out a way. But it, it is interesting. And I think Dwelly, while he's fine, like that shouldn't stop you from upgrading him. And I think that's where a lot of it gets lost, where we're talking about moving on from players or trading, cutting, you know, restructuring, whatever it may be. These should not stop you from upgrading. And the, the only other news that we, we didn't hit was – DeAndre freaking Hopkins is in the NFC West now because Bill O'Brien does not have a brain. They, <laughs> they traded the best receiver, arguably the best receiver in the NFL, for a second round pick. And they offloaded David Johnson and they made sure that the Texans are going to take all of Johnson's base salary. On top of that, they gave the Cardinals like a fourth round pick, I believe it was. What in the world is going on, man? Uh, the Cardinals, are, the Cardinals are going to be dangerous. I don't think there will be dangerous next year, but down the line, eventually, they're going to be very good because I mean they're already a nuisance for the 49ers last year. So I can only imagine adding Hopkins and you know Kyler having another year under his belt. Uh, was there anything else that surprised you around the moves that were made today? No, I, I want to say about the Texans move. I, I remember I saw it on Twitter, and my first, legitimately, Kyle, my first thing that came through my mind was, what the hell is Bill O'Brien <laughs> Like, why, you know, if he traded, I don't care if he made that trade with any team from any other division in, in the NFL. You know what I mean? But it had to be, it had to be the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm with you. I, I think DeAndre Hopkins makes them much better. I don't think that makes them a contender to win the division next year. Although in the NFL, you, you, you know, you never really know, but 
uh, to me, that, that was the biggest, biggest shocker to me as well. And, um, you know, it just, I, the NFC West is going to be loaded next year. So, you know, like we talked about, uh, seeing that John Lynch is knows that the team won the division last year, won the conference last year, uh, wants to keep them there. And he's willing to make whatever moves he has to, in order to, to, to keep their spot on top of the perch in the division. I am interested to see if, you know, these little moves, we see them go after a cornerback now, or maybe that, maybe you wait for the draft. Who knows? I know that, you know, Byron Jones just signed and another, uh, what's his name? Bradbury signed as well. Roby's gone. So some, some of the bigger name free agent cornerbacks are off the board, but I wonder if this move will force John Lynch to make him make a move at cornerback we will see. We will find out. Man, it was a fun day, and hopefully we are just getting started, man. So thanks for listening. Jazz, where can we find you on the Twitters? Uh, you can find me at Jazz Kang. That's J-A-S-K-A-N-G 21 on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. You can follow me at KP underscore show. Go to NinersNation.com for all your 49ers news. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we will be back with the next news.